Desperate Pastor Podcast. If you were here uh, pre-show, which you shouldn't have been, we're talking sports. (laughs) Sports with Mike and Aaron. (laughs) Nate and I were nodding appropriately at the right times, I think. uh, I hope. (laughs) The NFL is back. Uh, And you know what I saw yesterday? You already saw it way before I saw it. What? The Big, Big Ten. Ten is oh, back, baby. baby. Yeah. Real football. <laughs> I heard a scream from my house to, like it was coming at me from your house. So, uh, Desperate Pastor Podcast. This is episode seven. Uh, if you've made it this far, you get two gold stars. Thank you for joining us. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Uh, you can email us at me at desperatepastor.com. Uh, we want this to be a conversation. We're trying really hard to engage people. Uh, so if you see something, I think Deb is the only one that keeps engaging with yeah, us. So thanks, thank you. Deb. Thank Appreciate you. that. <laughs> um, but uh, put things I'm out there. I'm your number one fan. <laughs> we, should, we should get our t-shirt. We should. We should. <laughs> number one fan. Those are coming, right? Yeah. Merch. We got merch. We can get merch. <laughs> we have we have connections. We'll get merch. Free-handed. My cousin uh, makes t-shirts in their garage. <laughs> <laughs> like the old school with the letters you have to iron on yourself. Yeah. No, it's and, stitched. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. even better. Yeah. I remember when I was in youth group, that was the thing. Like we had Greek <laughs> letters. It was Zoe for life. It was a cross. It was Greek letters that were in a different fabric, stitched yes. on, and then stitched underneath. Like, That's would, awesome. With they the, were cool with the, for a hot minute. With the stuff under, on the underside yeah. of the shirt that just ripped yeah, your body like, apart. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. Yes, Such I love this shirt. Decision. I'm wearing it. I don't care because I'm committed. Zoe. <laughs> You just showed your age. Uh, I know. I was in youth group in the uh, 90s. Did you wear a turtleneck under it? <laughs> Sweater vest. <laughs> do you remember? Uh, There's a big age gap at this table. There is. <laughs> Christmas vacation. When you, do you, have you noticed that you can obviously see the dickies? Yes. That, that, uh, yes. Eddie's under wearing. his sweater. Yeah. That was one of my favorite articles because you could wear it underneath the sweater and you didn't have to be so hot, but you could hit, look like you have a turtleneck look on. Look at the faces right so now. So the way that like, goes what is, is that? the material comes down to like mid-chest and across. So if you put it on, it was just the turtleneck and then uh, just a It's like a bib, a bib for your yeah. neck. And so, so you didn't have like to go full it. sleeves under the other and sweater. People wore that. And because turtlenecks, people, turtlenecks were... People. Joe. <laughs> I'm going to come next week in a turtleneck. If I can then find it, I don't think they sell them. Apparently, you can just cut the turtleneck shirt off and wear it. Yes, that. just put it under my sweater. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can wear it as a mask. You're welcome. <laughs> Except if you watch Christmas Vacation, <laughs> notice next time uh, Eddie has a a translucent sweater on, and you can see it. It's on purpose, I'm sure. It's, it's on, on purpose. purpose. Uh, but it's check funny. it out, and then you'll see what we're it's talking good about. Good look. Yeah. It's funny. It never caught on, but it's a good look. <laughs> but don't don't sports people wear like the low cut turtlenecks and stuff like that? Uh, a crew neck? Cold days. Yeah. They call crew neck? I don't know what they're called. They're called are you talking like the three person. button ones? No, no. I'm talking no. about like they'll wear something and then they'll... <laughs> He's like, are you talking about long johns? My no, pappy like used to wear name, those. So. <laughs> <sighs> no, they wear under armor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and or Nike combat. It comes yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. Like so the, yeah. Taller crew neck. Crew All right, so I got some questions for us. If you haven't learned enough about us yet. Do you prefer tank tops or turtlenecks? Or both. That's time. a look. <laughs> Which one I, goes pr- over? I prefer the tank top it's over the perfect, turtleneck. Perfect fall day when you just aren't sure. Turtleneck. Well, that's in Ohio. You go out in a turtleneck and you come back in a. Yeah. In a yep. not. 
Okay, that. well, that crashed. Right, so, so question. <laughs> I was going somewhere and it just... <laughs> uh, would you rather... So there's a would you rather and then a this or, or a that. a turtleneck or yeah. a tank top. Okay. Wait, that was his joke. I took Always it. Always a turtleneck. We need, we need a laugh He track. doesn't know what a turtleneck is. He's <laughs> just saying the word right now. <laughs> I saw the turtle. Anyway. Uh, would you rather lose the ability to speak, Mike, or lose the ability to read? Well, I don't read, so that's easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Done. I just listen to books. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. You know. You don't have to give up but, learning. No, but you got to think about it. Like, you couldn't read anything. Not just a book, but you mm-hmm. can't read anything. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still going with <laughs> it. I can't talk. I would not. We would all be missing out if you couldn't talk. Of course. Yeah. Baker Mayfield, Brown's uh, discussion, all of that. I'm not going there. This is, a, this is a, supposed to be a holy. He really, really thing. wants Baker to be benched. No, no he does not. Wow. I, Mike just punched Aaron in the face. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. Next week when we come back and I'm talking about his phenomenal game I hope tonight. So. I hope so because yeah. I want to see them do well. I mean, Browns, if you're listening anywhere else but Northeast Ohio, yeah, you just don't understand. But my answer is obviously I'd rather not be able to read. It sounds horrible when you say it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to read. Ever. I mean, think, about, think of how much reading you do in the process of like preparing messages. and Very like little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And again. Oh, like, oh yeah, wait. No. Obvious. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. yeah. I spend hours. Yeah. I sit in my library, my, my you know, four walls full of books. Yes. And yeah. but, but if, but if you, uh had the ability to read and you were sermon prepping right. but couldn't speak. Yeah, you're just Think a copyright you're just a copywriter at that just, point. You're like, here, I worked just, on this all week. You yeah. go no, talk no, to no, no, no. You'd be like Yeah, <laughs> yeah you couldn't even say here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean it. you could communicate. Yeah, you still, yeah, you can still communicate. But still, yeah. Yeah. You, what about you guys? Do you have a I strong would opinion? definitely lose the ability to speak and keep reading. Really? I would. Really? Uh, I, could, I, I don't I think I could go without reading. I don't, huh. I don't think I could. I think you're just trying to sound smart. No. Yeah, well, obviously, <laughs> I, I would have been shocked. I'm just kidding. Out of everybody at this table, I think I speak the least. That's yes, very That's true. why I would have been shocked. Yeah. And uh, I think that's out of expectation. So I could sit here and not say anything. It would probably be okay. I mean, this is the most you speak this is. in a meeting. If it we is. didn't have this happening it's, right now, we were just up. meeting for a couple hours. <laughs> I just you sit here, drink coffee, and Listen. work on your laptop. He's just always taking your notes. Everything we say, he's like, "Man, yeah. that's such a good thing." Mike just said, "I'm just right there." <laughs> right. <laughs> Take a drink, of coffee. Yeah. yeah. I, I would definitely lose the ability to read. Yeah. Because I could probably have somebody explain it to me at least. Sure. But I, I don't know. It'd be kind of weird not to. Like audiobooks help. Audiobooks. Yeah, I mean, I can, you could idea. watch something, listen to something. Yeah. Speaking. I mean, degree. literally, with a good audiobook. Yeah. Do yeah. you prefer to read it than hear but you it? Couldn't write as long as the down, voice is Morgan Freeman, I'm like, good. Think about that. Right. You're like, you couldn't write. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't write anything down or anything because like, you couldn't read it. Just think about it. I mean, there is some limit. There are some limitations to all that. If I can speak, I can tell my phone. Oh, here we go. <laughs> right? Hey, Google. Like in this in this yeah, moment yeah, right now, yep, it's much yep. less important. So. 20 years ago, a little bit different. Maybe. But we're not 20 years I said ago. 20. I'm just, wow. Okay, next question. <laughs> this or that. Passenger. Wait, yeah, well, it's your Oh, oh I would say read. I would say read. Because you, you would lose reading? I think, uh, right. I would want to continue to be able to speak. Okay, so because are a big you part judging of, me? No, no, no. The big part of what I do is speaking. Right. And so to think like, no, no, speaking, not writing. Speaking, you wouldn't be able to, you know. I don't think he got that. 
I know. Uh, so this or that passenger? <laughs> you got it I did get it. It's just so bad. <laughs> like passenger or driver? <laughs> Always driver. <laughs> oh, Always driver. Are you that? Is anybody else that passenger? Unless I'm riding with Joe, I think that's really the only time <laughs> I ever funny. ride passenger. I enjoy driving. I get a little yeah. nervous on long car trips. I wish oh. you know I'd be like, "Oh, can you take over?" But I'm like, "Because mm. even even when my wife drives, I'm like, I don't really feel comfortable right now. Just my, yeah. just at the rare chance. I don't know. I don't, know. <laughs> well, I don't feel comfortable when my wife drives either. But my my <laughs> wife, I love her. She drives, and she'll admit this. So distracted, and I'm like nervous. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like the person that's like taking you out for your first time, where you're yeah. like they're they're judging you for like. Whatever the driver's test, like you know how nervous they probably are. Like I'm nervous like that most times because my wife is like looking at a squirrel, just driving. Like <laughs> there's somebody stopping, or we're at a light, and I'm the guy that's like, let's go we're at a light, and we're still sitting there. I do drive kind of like your wife, and I'll be like, I'll, be like, I'll <laughs> say the light screen. She's like, I know. I'm like, but we're not moving. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what that means? There's a squirrel. There's, <laughs> okay, so now that we're all just talking table. about our wives, I know. Uh, I because that's who no. we were normally the passenger I with. I prefaced it with "I love my wife," and then you can so say, then you can say you whatever, you want. whatever you want. You're like not to not to offend you or anything, but um, <laughs> no, I would definitely. Uh, I love to drive, but I, if I had to pick one or the other forever, I'd be a passenger because I also love being able to do whatever I want to yeah, do, I and then you, you get mm-hmm. there and you don't have to do that. However, See, my wife is. I love her. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but and she, there's like she'll like she'll pull up to a intersection, like leaving our neighborhood in the car. The van is always like I'm like I feel like we're in the road. Like, <laughs> like, like she's like I got it. Like, and then like she pulls probably like in her mind like what I would say to somebody, and then I'd be like, Well, I'm 40, and I've been driving for a while, <laughs> yes. and somehow I'm still here. So and like she goes to work, you know, like I drive all the yeah. time without you. Thank you very much. But I'm like, yeah, but I'm definitely like you. I hit the brake. Yeah. That's not there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet I want to be a, a passenger. Like I even don't mind like a bus ride somewhere. Yeah. Like a I long bus you, yeah. ride. It's like you get there to go to Chicago. I took the mega bus one time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is great. Yeah, just, I'm on my just, device and mm-hmm. we're there. Just don't mind the weed around you. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've wrote Listen, about 10 times. I know. <laughs> not hating, what other people do is not my, it's not <laughs> yeah. my responsibility. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would be a passenger. Yeah, I, I think long trips. I would. I would absolutely the driver. Like I. Yes. Oh, yeah. And my wife prefers that, and I'm glad that she prefers that. But. Uh, oh, if it's between you and okay, between I us bet. two, driver, nine hundred percent of the time. Uh, we we fly. <laughs> we've driven back and forth to basically California like four times, and I drove all of them. Oh man. Wow. You did that willingly? Yeah. Not under duress. I wanted to but drive yeah, to Utah sure. this year. Sure I kept pushing for it. Like, we can do it. We oh, can so do it. E- it's such and an easy like, drive. We're flying. We so, are flying. No, you kids. fly on 80. It's like 85 miles an hour. Yeah, but that, how many hours? It's only like 18. Eight, it's only like 18 to no Utah. Way. Only. And 19. Are you militant? Like, we're not doing California stops. California was like 30 something. Okay. Are you like, we're all business? No yeah, stops. I stopped at Taco Bell. <laughs> Once it's important, right, sponsored by. Yeah. But with <laughs> my three children, again later. my three children, a stop cannot be done in under 20, 25 oh, minutes. No, right. I had two cats when we went. We're not going back to that. <laughs> if you were here last week, we found out that Nate's wrong, and we're all right. Somebody tried to give me a dog yesterday, last night. Ah. Uh. That always is well. Like, yeah. Why? <laughs> why is the question? Here's a dog. I got a. Gr- I was walking no, down the street. Somebody's walking down the street. They're like, "You want this dog?" 
It's like, oh, that's okay. It just bit somebody. You want this dog? <laughs> I'm not going to jail for we, you. <laughs> we have to give it up. It just bit somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll yeah. be fine with you. It'll, yeah, he likes bearded people for sure. <laughs> All right. So uh, <laughs> that's enough of that. Sorry. Uh, Is it? it <laughs> probably not. Okay. Uh, so today we're going to be digging into uh, this topic of when people leave, uh, looking at it from a couple different angles. Uh, really, as a pastor, as a leader, uh, when people leave your church, and you probably have had, and we have had, uh, people that have decided to leave for various reasons, and then uh, in this time of our of our lives, uh, this season that we're in, having people leave, uh, I think some people maybe have seen this as a, an oppor- opportune opportunity to, uh, you know, like, we've been wanting to leave, and now we have a pretty easy out to say that we're leaving. Uh, but also looking at it from the perspective of if you are not a leader or a pastor in your church and you're just going to church and you're like, man, I, I really feel the call to leave or I should leave or I need to leave, but I feel this longing that maybe I feel bad about it. And so we're looking at those kind of things today and, and hopefully helping, giving some practical uh, insight into into all that. But, but what do you guys do? What do you do when people leave your church? Everyone Ooh. looks at Mike. I'm Go. not going first. <laughs> crawl under a rock and cry. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, sometimes, uh, if we're being honest, we're, yeah. we're, we're happy that certain people have left. And not happy in the sense of like, yay, but there are certain people, maybe even your church today, that you're like, they probably would blossom somewhere else. They would probably do better because they, they can be people that just maybe cause problems or cause dissension or gossip or whatever. And you've talked to you've had those conversations and they're like, this is just who I am kind of thing. And, and you're like, no, we want to help you to be <laughs> more like Jesus. And and you might find that they would just do better in a different situation. And, and how do you do that? And yeah, yeah, I think it's a it's a difficult uh, road to kind of walk through. But I think it's interesting. It's like to to note we've all left churches, right? Yeah. Like I don't think anybody here has you know been to the same not church me. for the rest of your life, and you know whatever. Um, so you know, and it's not always in the worst of terms, right? Because I mean, you guys may have worked at other churches and yeah. such like that. And so um, I went to a couple different. Uh, churches when I was in college. And so it's not, wasn't like a bad leave on sure. either way. So, um, but I think we've all kind of experienced on both ends. I think you guys and the other side of the table, I'll just say the other side of the table, instead of you guys over there, um, the cool you guys, kids. you, you may have, you know, been a part of other people leaving churches yes. and while you're in leadership, whereas yes. I don't know if we've had that as much on our side over here, or at least been in those conversations or whatnot. Um, but I think it's definitely on both sides of the table. There's a lot of questioning and almost like a making sure before we say something, it's almost like, is this what, you know, we need to do? Is this what God's leading us to do? Um, Cause I think it's, I mean, it's like anything choosing a church. It's the same conversation. Sure. So I think it's, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. if you're, you're leaving, you're basically not that you can't be friends with those people, mm-hmm. but you start doing life in a different context. It's just, it's hard. We might, Oh, we'll stay in touch. You know, we care about you guys, but you yeah. get into another life group somewhere else. You get into another, just group of people, it's like when you leave high school, like, oh man, we're going to stay in touch and yeah. you know, stay cool, don't freeze kind of thing. Uh, and then you never talk to them again. You know, I'm just thinking yearbook stuff. Yeah, I said like, that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm sure <laughs> you guys even have yearbooks that are in paper, but we yeah, did, but we did uh, not have signed. Yes. Yeah. I think you've got to realize too, that from a leadership perspective or even from a, uh, from just a, a church attender perspective, like, Sometimes you you can't continue to grow unless you leave, unless you move on somewhere mm-hmm. else. I think sure. back to some of the churches I've attended, 
and even some of the churches that I've worked at, and I think if I was still at some of those churches where I would be spiritually is not the same place I am today. Like that was part of growth for me, and that was part of mm-hmm. God's journey for me. And I think we have to understand as pastors that that other church people are on different journeys than what we're on. Like yeah, this right. isn't the end all for them. And I think as a church member or church attender, you have to understand that that this church may not be the end all for you. Like God may have another plan for you to move somewhere else and, and to continue to grow in a different way. Yeah. So I think viewing this as the end all, like, ah, this is, this is it. Uh, I don't think that's a good perspective to have. Yeah. Um, wow. This is, I mean, I think we, I, think, I feel the need to preface for all of us sure. uh, that we're going to say things in this conversation that, if you're somebody who's went to one of our churches and yeah. left, you're going to feel very much like you want to say, they're talking about me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it may apply. I think one of the, one of the healthiest things we can do in churches is what has been said here already. And that is when we realize that ideologically, uh, you know, fundamentally the way we have felt led to operate in our church and lead is in direct conflict with what you believe uh, and how how the church should operate, that there really is no there there's no meeting in the middle, right. and there probably, almost without a doubt, is a uh, another church or several other churches that kind of align closer to your starting point, mm-hmm. um, and that is probably what we have done a really bad job in America, and maybe outside of that, but this is our not our experience of just acknowledging that. And what we try to do uh, as pastors is go, or leaders in the church, you go, well, how can I appease this yeah. this person? Um, knowing in your heart, we're not going to have the fundamental change that you're looking for. Yeah. And so we actually do a very big disservice to them and, and to the Lord when we try to well, you know, I, we could really think about that. We could, yeah. you know, we'd start to give those phrases like, you know, I see where you're coming from, but in your heart, you don't because you wouldn't be leading the church the way you are if somebody has a huge so, issue. So what you're saying is, is it's not, uh, it's not necessarily our job to attempt to make fundamental changes to try and keep people right when we need to actually be true to who we feel God has called us to be as church leaders and to lead the church that God has called us to lead. Yeah. I th- yep. And I think even more so what we should do is if we lead from a place of strong conviction, um, that this is how God has called us to lead, or if it's a doctrinal theological issue and we, we better have it based on some solid ground in our interpretation of the word of the Bible, that when that person comes to us, our default should be to explain our position from a biblical basis and say to them, we believe there's fruit and you, you know, maybe considering this because if we're being real to all, again, to the people out there that maybe left our churches, hear this and give us some grace, your conversation that you normally get as a pastor is you need to fix this. <laughs> yeah. And so this singular or small group yeah. of people in a, in a gathering may feel like this should be done differently and they don't come typically seeking um, understanding Mm. or conversation. They come with a list of demands. So to say like, this is wrong. The worship is wrong. The style of worship's wrong. 
the way some things operating, that's wrong, or you said this in the sermon, and that's wrong, assuming that we just picked that from the air, yeah. and there was no prep put into it, no commentary, no study put into that, and no agreement. So I would say before we get to leaving, the step back is when you have conflict in the church and you disagree yes. with what's being said from up there, the mature thing that the word would call us to is go to that person and have an on, go with the desire to have a conversation. Right. And I, well, Jesus said in Matthew seven, even as you're before you even go there to, to take a good look at your right. own self, like mm-hmm. take the, the plank out of your eye before you come to anybody and say, Hey, let me, whether it's church or whatever, uh, let me help you with that as you, all the while you've got this two by four sticking out of your eye and, and some of this stuff, I think, for us is having, being able to just overlook the offense. That's not the way I would do it, but it's not about me. Yeah. And I think we have a lot of people that we've kind of grew up in this culture. I want things well, the way I want them, when I want them, Burger King kind of thing, your way, right away, or whatever they say. Um, but I, I do want to say, too, I echo what you're saying, that we're not necessarily thinking, okay, I'm thinking of that couple, that person, that let me tell you about that. Because mm-hmm. I think our stories... We've all had similar situations, leaving churches, people leaving churches, friends leaving our lives. Uh, you could have this conversation in so many contexts and whatever. So it's not necessarily like, okay, we're calling that person out because that's pretty passive aggressive. <laughs> what we're saying is, uh, what do we do in this context when this person that we really value, valued in it uh, leaves? Um and we're, boy, I'm glad that they did leave and not so much yeah. like I'm glad they left. And maybe some of it is. And for me, there's been things like, yeah, I'm glad they left. And I wish them well. I pray mm-hmm. for people really. And I honestly do that do leave. Um, but they're going to be better off someplace else. We're going to be better off someplace that there's someplace else. Uh, but I'd look at it as seasons, too. And I think that's has helped me um, to understand that you guys, we might be at a church for a season and understanding it's not the rest of our lives necessarily, but it might be. Uh, even attending or, or leading. The other thing I want to say that we talked a little bit about at the beginning before we, we started recording was that, you know, we have in our minds that we should be the church for everybody. Everybody's welcome and everybody is welcome. There's not like, oh, not you, not you. But if we clarify the win, if we clarify our mission, vision, values, if we say this is what we are about and this is how we believe God's leading us to to walk it out and that's not where you are and you can't, in good conscience, be in that place and support what's going on, not blindly, but support like, man, I'm on board. Yeah, I didn't, I don't like that song or how we did it, but who cares? It's not about that. It's about this. Then you need to be somewhere else. And so in that way, we're not going to be the church. You're not, this church is not going to be the church for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to be the church for everybody. And <laughs> we should help people like, Hey, if this isn't it, let's help you find a church that really is kind of fits who you are. And we could do that. And we, we should do that and not just say, yep, see ya. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have people, you know, we've had situations in the past where there's people who, like I was, I was saying earlier, there's a fundamental disagreement that is like, it, we belong to the denomination of the Christian Missionary Alliance and there are statement of faith and there are doctrinal beliefs and their positions that we as a church being part of that are falling under that authority, yeah, right. constituted authority, and we're saying we're not going to go rogue unless if we were to do that, it'd be a major thing. Like we would have to say, like we have to separate yes. from this authority. So if you, you know, we've had that conversation where I go, well, why are we spending five years sometimes 
with people who have a problem with the position mm-hmm. that is taken above us that we put ourselves under in agreement with, that's not going to change. Right. Yep. And if that becomes such a block for you, then we need the loving thing to do is to say, we really, you know, because normally, you know, a lot of the times you do enjoy that fellowship and those people have relationships with other people in the church and they may serve and, you know, things could be really good. We always just assume this is bad. We always assume it's like, oh my goodness, like these people, they're always, but it could be, we really love you and this is really good. And I don't know what, that's what we're experiencing, I think, in this season. Like, no, we, before this thing was dropped on us, mm-hmm. we didn't have problems. And now we have problems and masks are problems yeah. and all these things are problems. And, you know, I'm left, quite frankly, saying it's like a punch in the stomach. Mm-hmm. We're not separating over doctrine. Yes, right. We're separating over masks and things that were imposed on the church and that we as leaders are seeking wisdom mm-hmm and looking for agreement and we're operating out of a position of love and you got people going, I don't want to come here anymore. And that, I don't think people get, this is where I don't like to play the pity party too much. You know, I'm pretty rough. I mean, pretty direct, but it hurts Sure. when you have labored and you have given to people and you've been there for them and you've instructed them and tried to do that. And years of love and service, mm-hmm in the church get ripped out because of an, a singular issue that really shouldn't be an issue. So I, I think it's both ways. You know, I very much believe in saying, look, the right thing right now is for you to go. And, um, the hard thing is, <laughs> here's the cynic. The hard thing is you could do that in love. And you, there's still a part of you that knows that when that departure happens and they walk into the next church, because we welcome people into our church that have left sure. that church. Right. The very first thing you're going to get is, well, they didn't do yeah, what right. you didn't do. And now that's where our knowledge of this is a calling. Mm-hmm. God has called us to serve him, not for people's approval, not for their love. It's a beautiful thing that you get and the love that you have for the body. But if you do that only based, then it's Galatians one time, right? Yep. Am I trying to please man or God? If I'm trying to please man, I'm not a servant of the Lord. And so when you serve the Lord, sometimes people aren't going to agree. And I think the very best thing that we could see in the church today in this situation is people go, we love you, but we don't agree with what's happening. We're not going to tear you apart. We just have to go worship somewhere else. Sure. Yeah. And you know, what? We, I, as a pastor, you better not lose sleep over that. If they're not walking away from Jesus... They're staying with the Lord, but they're going somewhere else, and you have a big problem with that. Then now you're wor- you better look at what are you building. Right, <laughs> you're building your kingdom. Then right. you left me. You know, yeah. if they're walking away from the the Lord, different conversation. But if it's just a we can't worship here, we feel like we could do, then like go. Yeah, it's okay. You know. Yeah, I think them. Ha- I think as a pastor, you know, having the perspective. I think Joe had mentioned a little bit before we started having the perspective that. Um, God's kingdom is bigger than just your church and your ministry, and you can still continue to build God's kingdom while people walk out of your church and into another one. Um, Yeah, you're not, and that's the other thing, it's like we're not called to necessarily build our kingdom in our church. We're called to make disciples and to build his kingdom. And really, Jesus said he would build his church. And I think we as pastors need to be okay with 
people walking away and understanding that, you know, God's working in their life, just like God's working in my life. And I got to be okay with that. So where's the balance though? Because old school, (laughs) old school was so-and-so is leaving the church, pastor sets up a meeting, chases after them, likens it to, you know, one sheep, the lost sheep and likens it to that and, and kind of, like, hey, what can we do to make things better for you kind of thing? And they welcome them back in. Where's that line as pastors? Uh, is there a line? Or what's your thought? I have a thought. but uh. Yeah, I think, I think it comes down to being faithful to what God's called you to. Um, and as leaders and pastors in a church, I think we're also called to lead over a group of people that, are, that you can call the congregation or whoever, what it might be. Um, but if we're truly being faithful to what God has called us to, I think that line becomes, like Nate had just talked about, we're not building you know, this church to be the greatest church for you. Mm-hmm. We're building this church, and that's with the uppercase C, the body of Christ, the body of believers that gather together um, to grow closer to God and to further build the Lord's kingdom. And I think, like Mike said, if this just isn't that place for you, sure. then there's going to be a great place. And I think that's when you even mentioned, Joe, that relationship where you could probably help them find mm-hmm. a church because, um, yeah, within Christianity, how many denominations are there? Right. I mean, if you just thought about it, right. there might be some fundamental things like, well, we, we shouldn't be here, maybe. There's maybe you should try this one. And so mm-hmm. and so it's really, um, I, I, I definitely, my dad has been more part of the old school method of like the, you know, follow after and, you know, we can change this for you. Um, and I'm sure if he was on here, he'd be like, not worth it. You know, you know, <laughs> after however many years, yeah. you know, because yeah. it's just different. But that's that was like the trend, or that was like the thing to do. And I think some people still want you if you are leaving a church. Yeah, they want you to come and be like, "What can I do to keep you?" Right. But I think our step shouldn't be, "What can I do to keep you?" But what can I do to, uh, to allow you to grow closer to God? Still, just because you stopped yeah. coming here, what can we do to continue strengthening you in your relationship with God? But also like. Where can we help you find a location? Because just because they don't come to church, I mean, if we're going to be real, if there's anybody out there that thinks you can't be friends with somebody after you leave a church, maybe you need to check your own heart because there is a there still can be a relationship. <laughs> maybe it's a church, going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just a yeah, it's a, it's a interesting thing. Yeah, and, and to your point, which you'd said, uh, you know, is our goal coming back to you know what can I help you to do not to stay but to continue to grow that comes back to i think our goal and our purpose is our goal and our purpose to have more in attendance on sunday morning or have more on our church membership <laughs> or to have more money in the offering plate because we have right. more people or to actually see people discipled and grow right. into what god truly wants them and has called them to be yeah and i think if you view that as the win and you keep that in proper perspective as a pastor You'll sleep fine at night when people walk away because you're like, <laughs> they're they're growing and they're continuing to grow. We're doing what we can to help them to grow. We're okay whether there's five people here on Sunday morning or there's five hundred. Um, that is that's how God has chosen to grow us right now, and and I'm okay with that. And and I think yeah. when you mentioned earlier the seasons of life, mm-hmm. I think that's completely true because even if you live in the same area of your whole life, God might you know lead you to a different church at whatever point in time of your life, and I think. You know, that's okay. I think we all agree. Sure. That's okay because God might be leading right. you to another congregation because you might be a phenomenal uh, leader, an impactful person within the church, and you might be led to go to a different church nearby. So it's not like a 
you know, yeah. anger thing or a salty thing. You're literally feeling called by God to go somewhere else to continue serving to build up that next group of people. And yep. I think that's like a... Well, that's sometimes, Mike's story, right? Yeah, yeah. And it sometimes it's looked at as negative, but it's still mm. furthering the kingdom of God if he's calling you to do so. <laughs> I'm, Mike's, catching Mike's like, oh. I'm catching up. Catching oh. up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I had a couple thoughts in my head. That's, why, yeah, that's why I was... Like I was pausing. Um, I feel like I have to. This is like a a one-off thing that I I think a plea from us as pastors, and I think any pastor would would echo this. And that is, the very worst thing a person could do is, I'm just going to stop attending. <laughs> I'm going to see if they notice. Yeah, don't do that. That's because yeah. that's that is that is first of all not biblical. <laughs> okay, I mean you know, and second of all. Um, Again, this is one that I feel like, oh boy, am I getting in trouble? Um, a lot of people don't attend church every Sunday, yeah. And a lot of people miss during seasons of the year, meaning sports seasons, if they have children, or work, or summer is just busy and they travel, and so they may not come for three weeks, and then they come for a week or two, and then they don't come for two or four, and and then they then eventually. So you get used to not seeing True. this person every Sunday and then they stop coming for five or six and then you get somebody else telling you tangentially, well, I was talking to so-and-so and they said they quit coming to church and nobody even noticed. Mm. Well, if you're leaving the church, yeah. the biblical thing to do is come to the leadership and explain why and have the conversation. Uh, testing and tempting and setting people up for failure yeah. Uh, if we were to do that as pastors, it would be unforgivable. Sure. Uh, and we should owe it to each other as brothers and sisters right. in Christ just to say, hey, this isn't working. Or I have questions. You know, some things people leave that for correctable reasons. <laughs> we right. forget that too. Right. They're not leaving for doctrinal or things. They have a concern about something that happened in children's ministry. Right. And you go, my goodness, if we would have had that conversation, absolutely that yeah. can't happen. We got to fix that. We could work together. So that's one thing. But yeah, to the point, my story is is what uh, Aaron would say, uh, like the maybe leaving for whatever, not knowing. But I mean, even before I went to church with Joe and served in the student ministry there as a volunteer, we went to another church for a season of time. And it was we sat and learned my wife and I and uh, coming out of the church she was raised in, which had a lot of teaching that was not in line with scripture and coming from where I was a younger infant in, in you know Christianity really we went and we learned mm -hmm. and it was like three or four years that right now I could not imagine being part of that that congregation and that that structure um, not because they're wrong just because it was larger and all those things and yet we needed those years. That was a grounding time and it really opened me up to serious study mm -hmm. but then yeah then I, I feel you know, I'm at a when I left the hope the church we were at. I was like, I, I don't want to go. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't want to go, but I feel God's leading. Uh, and little did I know <laughs> that a decade later I'd be sitting here in full time ministry. It was just we got to go somewhere by our house. We have kids. We want to be part of our community. And the Lord, and that's not how it always works out. But even if I wasn't in the role I'm in, it was still the right choice. Yeah, yeah. So you can, yeah, you can leave. And, and, you know, at that point at the, where we were, I mean, I did, I had, I don't know how many conversations with you weekly, yeah. mm -hmm. we would have conversations and it was mainly me begging you not to leave. Was you <laughs> kicking me out? Yeah. It was like, it was you saying, because, but again, that's love. No, like it mean. was, yeah. you're like the, the Lord is calling you, yeah. then you need to go. And 
that is a loving response sometimes mm-hmm. that I think is hard for people to wrap their minds around, you know? Well, cause it's not our goal as pastors. Hopefully it's not our goal to keep people. It's to right. reach people. It's to launch people in the right. ministry. And if that means if we've done our job, then they may leave and it's okay that they leave mm-hmm. or they stay there and they are just rock stars in that context. And that's fine too. But if it's all about building our empires, what I say, as opposed to building God's kingdom, yeah. uh, we're missing the point. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we have to be, I mean, a good, especially coming from where we all came from, which is student ministry, mm-hmm. you have a better concept of that because you're, you're looking at people going, there's, a, there's, a, there's an expiration date yeah, right. on this. Mm-hmm. They're leaving yeah. the ministry, and a lot of times they're going off to college. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times if they are passionate about their faith when they're young, they're, you're saying, hey, you need to consider ministry yep. because mm-hmm. it's a very rare thing to see. you know, And, and maybe one out of ten ends up going that route. But you spur them onto that. And, you know, I remember having a very, I filled a lot of uh, reference forms out <laughs> for people to go to, you know, Bible yeah, colleges. Yeah. And I'm like, but don't go. You know, like you don't want to see them because yeah. you're like, stay here and let's build that next phase of ministry. Um, but um, even in that, the Lord's been faithful. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, bringing uh, Aaron back to our church with Kelly, who was in our youth group, and we thought we'd never see her again. We're like, she's out, <laughs> man. She's, in, she's gone. Yeah. But, but you have to, uh, we have a family in our church that has four children and, um, they were helping out in student ministry back in the day. And, uh, two of their kids looked pretty seriously, like they were going into missions. And I remember saying I had two young, you know, my boys were young then and I, we, we didn't have Lucia yet. And I just remember saying, man, like, how do you do that? Cause I already feel like I want to hold on to my yeah. kids and I don't even want them to think about moving to Columbus, you know, <laughs> like stay right here, my mom and dad. And you're just raising them like to dream. What yeah. could they do for the kingdom? Yeah. And they do have kids living mm-hmm. one on the other side of this country, one in Chicago, one over in India, you know, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and, and going into difficult situations over there, especially, um, but they're like, they raise them to have a mindset that God has a call on their life. And I, and I know that's parenting your own children, but I think we have to do the same with the congregation. And maybe that's a big, maybe we're touching into something else here, but maybe that's that bigger picture of this body is not a place, a club right. where we so, just gather. This right. is a place where we're supposed to mobilize. Yep. We worship God together yep. and we go out mm-hmm. and we make a difference. And God might move you away from here. He might move you into a new job, you know, just because they're adults. <laughs> we don't, we kind of like, well, let's get your, your life plan in student ministry. And then that's it. Well, God's never done. Right. We have a lady in our church. This last thing, I'll, and then I'll be quiet for a while. But we have a lady who um, um, was coming to church. I, I actually met her in my other job uh, when she was rehabbing her shoulder. And at, like, I think 65 or something like that, it was, she was older in life, and she felt the call to go <laughs> to another country right. in South America. And she still to this day, she goes half a, half a year down there and then back in this area. And she got up in our church and gave a testimony. She's like, if you think just cause you're, you know, 40, <laughs> yeah. 50, whatever that you missed your call, like God can call you at any time. And I don't, I think that that's, I do think it's part of the context. Yeah. You know, I think that we membership is viewed as a lifetime commitment yes, and right. it shouldn't it should be. be. Mm-hmm. I did want to, add on to the other things we were talking about when people are leaving and about the the one and the 99 and all that, that if, <laughs> if people are leaving your church, but not leaving the faith, I think it's a little bit easier. Like, I don't think I should chase after Cause I think if people have made up their mind to leave your church, I've seen it where like, I've seen people kind of beg them back. Like it's a, it's yeah. going to be okay. And they come back and it, it, eventually they leave. And so I don't think, <laughs> 
I don't think I should be concerned about begging them to be at church. Right. But I, if they're if they're going astray, I chase after them spiritually. But if they're going, hey, we're going to go to another church. We're going to check some things out. Then I need to, you know, I need to be okay with that. Um, the other thing is when people come, and we've had this, and they're complaining about the last church. It says volumes about who they are mm-hmm. coming into your mm-hmm. situation. Oh, they never did this, or they said that, or they did this, but then this happened, and like, okay, well, yeah, or I we're so thankful you do this and this because <laughs> yes. they didn't do this, and, <laughs> oh. and you start to think, okay, what's they're gonna? It's gonna happen. Thing? It's gonna happen. And, and it does. And on us as leaders, you need to shut that down. Agreed. Immediately, yeah. you yeah. need to say, listen. You know, we do not want to be part of tearing down yep. some what somebody else's building. Mm-hmm. They're doing the, you know, if you're here and you feel like you're growing, that's great. But you really need to, you know, you really need to put that back on the person and say you need to have, have some healing in that area. Because yeah. that person, I don't know them. That person is a servant of the Lord. Sure. And maybe it just wasn't for you because that that's a that's a problem. That's a pet peeve of mine. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't. I, because if you don't do that, then what you're doing is you're you're right. You know, you kind yeah. of feel good about yourself. You're like, we do, we are good, person. aren't yeah. we? And then five years later, you're that person yes. mm-hmm. when they move on to the next church. Yep. You know, so that's a great opportunity for discipleship to say, you know what, you may need to ask the Lord to change your heart yeah. and maybe go back to those people. You don't need to go back to the church. You could stay here, but you need to go back and let them know that the way you felt mm-hmm. and what was wrong, uh, because. Yeah, it just—it's just a very toxic yeah, thing. Right. I've had a lady. We'll promise to let you guys speak at some point. You know, but I had a lady come into my office in tears a few years ago. Been at the church forever, and like I just feel like I need to leave. And I didn't beg her to stay. I didn't grab onto her ankle. You know, I just told her that we care about her and respected her decision. And she went, and she came back. You know, it was mm-hmm. gone for a little while, and. Um, I think maybe sometimes people have this idea of maybe they don't. That sounds really bad to say it this way. Maybe they don't know what they have until they don't. And I don't mean that we're rock stars. I don't mean any of that. But I believe that we teach the word. I believe that we uh, believe in authenticity and transparency. And and I believe, I believe we're doing things in a way that's biblical and it's right. And we're trying to really care for people. And I think that comes not only from the people that speak there but when you come to our church there's I sh- there's pretty much I think very little doubt that people genuinely care that you're there and they care that you're a part of what's going on and um, and I don't know that that's everywhere and so I think it, it does make you like from my perspective it, like that makes me feel good but I'll but I can't I can't stay there I can't live there I gotta we gotta keep doing what we're doing and and I guess what I'm saying is holding on to people loosely letting them do whatever God's calling them to do. Uh, and if they come back, great. And they come back and they're part of it. They're welcome. You know, never, there's not many people that I w- would say, yeah, you should probably go and we probably shouldn't see anymore. Yeah. 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 And I think if, uh, when we go back to like student ministers, like Mike was talking about, um, there is a cap like, you know, like you hit 12th grade and you graduate and you're like, okay, you're not in student ministries anymore. Um, I think, you know, I, we have a couple of students that listen to these. And I think what I want to challenge you guys with is when you listen to this, don't think, oh, this is for my future self. <laughs> because when you move out of student ministries and you go to college or you stay in the area or whatever it might be, you as a, you know, believer, a young believer that is now out of your parents' house, have a decision of I'm going to need to go find a church wherever I go to college. 
And as you go through that decision process, you're going to try a few different churches out. You know, I don't know when you guys were at school, I tried to probably at least 10 out stuck with one for about six to eight months. And then was at another for another two and a half years, uh, and was serving in the two and a half years one in a really good situation. Um, but you know, ultimately you have to go where God's calling you and you have to, if you have your, um, you know, things you want to hold true to and you believe is, you know, doctrinally sound and you want to go find this church, um, I would say you have to, when you leave student ministries, there's a job and a responsibility you have as a believer to go find uh, a body of believers that are gathering with your same, like, um, at least your, whatever you want to call them, like your, your hat must have list or whatever. Um, but it's also, I would challenge that it's not just because you get out of student ministries is, oh, I'm just not going to go find a church in college. <laughs> right. Because some people do that, even right. if you go to Bible college. So, um, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's they a, have chapel. They don't need to go. Yeah, yeah we're, good. we're good. Yeah, three times a week, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as we're getting close to the end here, one of the things I think that we should talk about, and we kind of talked a little bit about it, but how do you... What's your advice for pastors, but also your advice for people that to leave well? That, you, that I think there are times that we cannot leave well from a church. We can, uh, we know what that probably looks like. Uh, but what does it look like to actually leave well, to maybe even leave things better than you found them? Um, you know, one of the commitments that we've had, and this is not a pat on our back, but we have, when we have left churches, we, my wife and I, meaning we've been committed to, we're going to leave well. Even if we don't agree with what had happened or how things went down or how we feel today, we're going to leave well because it's this church, it's not about us. We can make it about us pretty quickly if we wanted to because there's, I'm certainly there are people that we could say, yeah, and they did this and they did that. And, but we decided we're not going to do that. And uh, I believe that God honors that for sure. Uh, but you guys have thoughts on somebody that's like, you know what, I think I really need to leave, and, but I'm so entrenched or this church won't go on without me, you know, what kind of things do you say to somebody like that, that really feels God pulling them, calling them to leave, but they they just can't or don't or whatever. I think, uh, you know, just from, from my experience, um, kind of what you said in, in leaving well, I think something God really taught me in the last couple of years is that even when you feel that you, you have been wronged and you so badly, you want to vindicate yourself and you want to make it about you. Uh, that one, God knows the, God knows all of it (laughs) and God knows, um, and God has not called you to vindicate yourself. Mm. Um, and in a lot of ways he'll, he'll do it for you, whether you see it or not. And I think being willing to say, you know what, God, I, I trust you with where you've taken me, where you've brought me in this decision. I'm going to continue to trust you as I walk away. I'm going to let you do whatever you see fit with this situation. I think walking out of it, whether you're a pastor, whether you're somebody that works at a church, leaving that church to go to a different ministry, whether you're a church member and you're, you say, you know, it's time for me to walk away. I think having that attitude of saying, God, I, I trust you with what has happened here and what's going to happen in this transition. And I'm not going to make it about me, but it's going to be about you. And if that's going to cause me to, to almost, uh, bear a little bit of the load for a little while of what went on, that's okay. I'm going to be okay with that. And I trust that you're going to use this in my life and you're going to use this in their life. But it's not, like you said, it's not going to be about me. Um, Yeah. No, I agree. And I think uh, a common thing that I say to the students and others is it's not about us. It's all about (laughs) God. 
Um, but I think it's a huge reminder and, and, and we'd be joking if we don't need that reminder as well, especially right. with the positions we're in. And I think, um, when we truly daily submit ourselves to the Lord's guidance and direction is I think when Nate's talking about was, you know, it's going to be okay because God's still in control mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we're not immune to being hurt, but so are, you know, others are also. And so I think it's an interesting, um, habit to get ourselves into. And I think you can quickly fall out of it, um, if we're not careful. So I think it's always just to be good to be on top of that. Um, because it can very quickly become about us, whether we feel hurt or whether we feel whatever. Um, when we see God working, it's amazing to sit back and just be humbled by the fact that we're just one servant of the Lord in a much larger picture. And God is still in control. He's still reigning. And, um, to be able to, you know, say, okay, this might be changing in my life, but ultimately this change can either um, pull me away from God or it can allow me to grow closer to God. Right. And I think what you just said, Nate, is what will allow us to grow closer to God. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm over here thinking. Oh, boy. So I'm getting concerned looks from the other guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm texting I'm, like, you all right? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I don't, I, I'm trying to do this in a, a wise way again, knowing that we, I mean, just quite frankly, we went through a season where we've families have left our church Sure. this very recently. Um, and I believe some are on the fence. Gotcha. <laughs> I believe there are people yeah. that in six months from now may not worship with us mm-hmm. any longer. And, uh, I think the overriding principle is, it should be done with love mm-hmm. and it should be done in grace. And those are characteristics of somebody who's walking in humility, who understands everything we've just been talking about, that God is building his church. This is his kingdom. Mm-hmm. We look at what we see, the Bible says. <laughs> we don't look at what we see, I'm sorry. We look right. at what is unseen. Right. The things that are seen are transient. Masks are transient. Yeah. This will be a phase. Yeah. And, and you can you can chuckle at that if you're on that other side of the fence right now and say that's what they said in March and April, uh, but it will be. The world has seen pandemics. The church has weathered pandemics. The church has weathered awful, evil regimes and powers and authorities. And the the enemy seeks and prowls and looks for ways to divide and tear apart the church. And that will never end until the Lord comes back right. and makes all things new. Uh, but simply put, uh, it's what well, we normally read at weddings. A portion of First Corinthians thirteen, and yeah. starting in four, is love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude, and it does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And this idea of the world we live in today, uh, the church is increasingly being filled with people who insist on their own way. Mm. Yeah. And that is not love. Love is there's a greater work being done among the people of God. And I'm going to put aside some of what I may want to join in to a greater vision and a greater work. And... I have to do that as a pastor. We have to do that. I don't think 
a lot of times that's understood. We're viewed as the authoritative. Mm-hmm. We're setting the course. But I promise you, uh, with elder boards and with leadership structures, we submit. Yeah. And it is not a singular vision. And it is not one that's, this is what I want to do, so we're doing it. It is, uh, we want to see people come to know Jesus. Yeah as their savior we want to see people taken from the darkness and the despair and the the without being people that are without hope and without god in this life we want to see them born again and uh, we want you the people of our church to do that with us Mm -hmm. and if you're hindered in some way we want you to find somewhere where you will not be hindered in that work bottom line good words good words well, thank you guys. Uh, well, the three of us, four of us, thank you guys for hanging out here and, and communicating, talking to each other. And that's really what this is about. Hopefully it's been helpful for, for us because that's really why we get together and do this. But we uh, welcome all of you that are out there to join in this conversation, to uh, listen as we drone on about all kinds of things and complain and cry and all those things. But we're, we're glad to do it. And uh, we just hope that it's helpful. I mean, it's helpful for us. So I guess that's good enough. But if it's helpful to you to let us know. I'd love to hear uh, stories of how God has worked in you leaving or others leaving in your church or anything like that. Uh, don't forget, you can reach out to us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all those things. Any other final words? Like, I don't want to cut anybody off. This is okay, good. Uh, I think on our feedback, we would love to hear what you disagree with. Yes. Yeah. But we're well, so, we've said a lot we're so agreeable, we, though. That's we, I, 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 we have said a lot today, and uh, if you... Uh, are in that vein where you go, I, I don't know very much in what we just talked about. If you're like, he said this and I think he meant that, well, send us a, a little message and we can answer you yep. directly or we can yep. address it. Because um, yep. the last thing I want is to do this and have people go away going, well, we just heard these four guys talk about how they're so happy to have people leave their church. <laughs> and if you don't like it, get out. Yeah. You know, that is not our heart. Hopefully yeah. that came through. Yeah. And, you know, I think understanding that we live in like this this what we do is it's okay to be to be questioned and, yeah. and to have questions like that Good is point. okay because all is especially if your questions are to bring clarity and yep. not just to bring um arguments yeah uh that's not our goal i think our goal is to ultimately bring clarity for people yep. for pastors and uh, to help better understand ministry and, and church yeah and sometimes sometimes we're wrong yeah, <laughs> can you believe we should have yeah, started with that? Yeah, we yeah. should. By the way, we're fallible people. Yeah. By yeah. no Just means. Your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second, I'm a I'm a human being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We try very hard, even in our context, to own it. Like, yeah, yeah. you know what we, we we or even like this past week, the the uh, decision to just be in person and yeah. The decision we made two months ago was based on what we knew two months ago, and now things right. are changing, and so we're gonna we're gonna have to be flexible. That's the word, one of the key words that we're just talking about. And that wasn't a point of like, Hey, please forgive us. It was just like, look, this, we don't have it all figured out. Right. So, all right. Well, that should be the end of episode seven. We had a soft ending and now a real ending right here. (laughs) Um, Glad that you're here and glad you made it all the way to the end. Join in the conversation. If you send us an email and you don't want it to be public, you know, fodder for the next episode, that's fine. You can just let us know that. Uh, But we would engage with you in conversation or even if you just need prayer, love to hear from you in that way so all right until next time you have any, until next time no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect there it is all right take care